All right. Well, welcome back. I'm John Swaino. And I'm Dave Tenney. And we're Two Beards in a Bible. Uh, we're glad you could be with us today. Uh, we are going to pick up where we left off, sort of, uh, in our last episode. And we're going to be in Matthew chapter 8 today. So by all means, uh, open up your Bibles and follow along with us. Don't take our word for it, but look for yourself in the scriptures. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 8, uh, beginning at uh, verse 2 here in just a moment. <clears throat> and we'll, we'll be discussing, uh, to begin with, Jesus healing a leper. Uh, so, how about, how about I read uh, Matthew 8 and you read the, uh, Mark. Mark 1, 40 through 45. All right. Let's All right, since it. I'm right here. So uh, <clears throat> I'm going to start in verse 1. So it's uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. It says, When he had come down from a mountain, great multitudes followed him, and behold, a leper came. And worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priests, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. All right. <clears throat> and then Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 40 says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him, and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, <clears throat> show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded, and as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places. And they came to him from every direction. Okay, let's let's talk about some of this stuff. All right. Um, so Jesus had uh, he'd been up on the mountain. And uh, I think he had gone up there, if I remember right, to get away from people. Yeah. You know, so he, he went up there to you know to have a little personal space. And uh, <clears throat> he comes down, and of course, as is always happens, you know, um, if, if in fact, like, if you knew of some person locally, you know, that could heal cancer. Right. And they came into town, what do you think would happen? I mean, how many people would be following that person? Right. Right. Yeah, there's people that do much less today and people follow them around yeah absolutely <clears throat> so yeah you know it reminds me of what we see in the in the media and paparazzi people following following someone around that is uh, note of notable stature yeah and, and christ was certainly that he was causing a stir uh, as he was as he was moving through uh the world there it's interesting that he the the leper comes to him and a leper um now I believe leprosy is still a thing, and it's some sort of, like, disease where your flesh rots or something like that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> We're not now through, uh, you know, we can, we have treatments for that now, whereas yeah. in, the, in those days, that was pretty much a, uh, a death sentence, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and, and as a Jew who would have leprosy, they would be unclean. Right. So, you know, they, they would have to, like, kind of stay away from everybody else. Right. And and, and it, that says something about Christ, too, because he didn't turn them away. He didn't. You know, and, and most of the world 
would have would have done that. He asks him. He says, "Lord, if you are willing." Mm-hmm. And he kind of puts it on him. He says, "Make me clean." That's <clears throat> and that's how we should think about things as well when we yeah. when we pray. Uh, in fact, I just uh, this last Sunday, uh, the lesson was on prayer, and you know we we see in the scriptures that. Uh, when we pray, we, we need to pray according to the Lord's will. You know, if we, if I can, I can kneel down and pray for a new Cadillac, but we can't really find that that's in the Lord's will. Yeah. You know, and we shouldn't be praying for things that are, that are, uh, yeah, not according to. The I Lord's mean, there's there's lots of you know that, that there's there's lots of improper things we can ask for mm-hmm. in a prayer. Um, Hopefully in the next couple of episodes we'll start talking more about prayer as we talk about uh, the Lord's Prayer, the model right. prayer, right. as it's as it's called sometimes. But uh, there are there are things that we should ask for and things we probably should. Right. So what when we're dealing with the the leper <clears throat> asking him to be cleansed, um, you know how how long did it take for this? Oh, months. <laughs> no, immediately, yeah, right? It was immediate. Yeah, and and that's the way. That's the difference between Bible miracles and things they call miracles today. You know, when when a when a Bible miracle happened, it was immediate, and there was no doubt mm-hmm. that it happened. All the people around there said, "Yeah, that just happened." And it didn't have Christ didn't give anything for him to do in order for that cleansing to take place either. No. It wasn't like we hear today, oftentimes uh, when someone is comes to one of these people that claims that they can heal, uh, and big surprise, the healing doesn't take place. And the person, in order to save face, will say, well, it's because you don't have enough faith. Yeah. You but, know, and that's, that's not how this would work. And that's how we know. You know, the scriptures tell us you shall know them by their fruits. Yeah, it's... You know, I think we talked about an episode or so back about uh, the, I think it was the the nobleman's son who was healed. And they they looked back and they're like, oh, when did it happen? Oh, it was about the, you know, seventh hour or whatever it was. Very same, very same, uh, same point there. Yeah. It's interesting to me that when you study the Bible, the Bible teaches the same things over and over. Mm -hmm. It just teaches them in different ways. Right. Uh, I think it's because our our skulls are so thick. Yeah, and 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 people learn things in different ways. Yeah. Uh, when I was in uh, high school, well, even to this day, uh, if you know me, you realize that mathematics and my brain they don't get along very well. And I'm thankful for calculators and accountants because they, <laughs> they they're much needed. And but my math teachers, because I think back to my math teachers, I had. One math teacher who happened to be a football coach, and um, you know he wasn't like part of the math department or anything. He he was just there and and teach this class. But I understood everything he said, and I did really well in his class because when he spoke, I could understand. Moved on to the next class the next year, and this guy was a real brainiac mathematician. I don't understand anything that he said that entire year, and I did. I did uh, rather poorly. <laughs> I remember a math class I had in college, and it was some lady who spoke broken German English. Oh man, that was such a horrible class. But the the, the the Lord knows that you know He He created us, and He knows our brains. He knows that you know having having this said you know by different people 
you know, like you said, it's the same thing over and over again in a different way. It is. But it it's going to benefit some where some are going to benefit from the other accounts. And we have, you know, when we just read these two scriptures from Matthew and Mark, they were very, very similar. They are. And uh, speaking of the same situation, but that also can add to the validity of the scriptures too. What do you think about this? And it, this, this is one of those things that's kind of puzzled me. You know, Jesus tells him, he says, uh, don't tell anybody. Mm -hmm. He goes, don't show anybody. He says, see that you tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest, which which is what he should have done under, they're under the old law at this time. Mm -hmm. And uh, does the guy listen to him? No. No. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, putting yourself in the mind of the leper, uh, trying to see from his point of view, you know, he'd been healed of this thing that vexed him for most of his life. And um, if not all of it, I don't, I don't know. And, uh, <clears throat> and he, uh, he was uh, undoubtedly excited. Oh, you... Yeah, he was he was overjoyed, no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. so I guess we'll cut him some slack, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and Jesus told him to go see the priest because it was you know that would be the thing to do according to the law, you know. So you know that was uh, that that was an important thing. And I have in my notes here a little a little question: Was Jesus a legalist? Because Is he <laughs> <laughs> because he because he did that, and I did that kind of kind of uh, uh, tongue-in-cheek because today when we attempt to follow the law today when we when we say well we need to do it this way because this is what the the law of the Lord says to do you know so sometimes people call us illegalists yeah I mean following God's commandments I guess it does make you I mean the, the problem is, is they use that term negatively. Right. It's it, in a negative light. Right. Um, it, it's I, actually a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think when, um, to me, like a, a person who's a negative legalist is somebody who gets tied up in a one or two words and, right. and they build some crazy doctrine off of a few words, mm -hmm. you know, th that doesn't make any sense. But, but following God's commandments doesn't doesn't right. make you a legalist. It just makes you right with God. Right. And and, and we, we must follow the law. So yes. we, we have to know it. We have to we have to study it and understand what we should do. Well, let's uh, look at the next one, which is yeah. in... That uh, is uh, Matthew chapter 9. And I'll go to Mark. Mark 2, 1 through 12. So Matthew 9. And this is uh, Jesus healing the paralytic at Capernaum. And uh, if my fingers will cooperate here, we'll get to, to Matthew chapter 9. I'll start reading in verse 2. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus... I'm going to start that over. Something <laughs> happened there. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And at once... Some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, 
who had given such power to men. I'm going to read Mark's account, and it's interesting. A lot of times we think of Mark as abbreviated accounts of all these things. But in this instance, Mark gives more details than Matthew does. So uh, I find that interesting. So Mark chapter 2, starting in verse 1, he says, And again he entered Capernaum, and after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house immediately, and he gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. He preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. When they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus saw their faith, and he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes are sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Mm -hmm. And I bet they had. Right, right. And do we want to read uh, 5, 17 through 26? Yeah, sure. Let's go crazy. All right. <laughs> and, uh, starting in Luke chapter 5, verse 17, Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a <clears throat> bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed, through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this? Who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or <clears throat> to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Oh, I bet. <clears throat> now, that's what we usually don't read all, all three accounts. But right. this is, I think what's, what's cool about this is you get a little bit different flavor from each account. Right, there's so much more detail here in Luke. Yeah, Matthew's was very abbreviated. If you just right. read that, it's like, oh, okay, this was a kind of a... A nothing story. Right. But you read Luke and Mark and you get a lot more details. Mm -hmm. You know what I feel bad for <clears> is this <throat> fellow whose house this was. <laughs> I mean, you got all these people in there that tear the house up. Right. <laughs> Knocking holes in the roof. Right. Yeah, you know, lowering through, through the roof, you know, that takes some uh, that takes some, some fortitude. Hey, you ever try to take a man up on a roof right. that's paralyzed? And dead weight? Absolutely. You know, you know there, there was a lady one time that passed out during church services. 
And she was like a hundred years old, and she only weighed about a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. And I had to lift her up and carry her out. Wow. I'm telling you what. She was heavy. Right. And I'm a big <laughs> dude. <laughs> right. But you right. know, you just don't think of when somebody's like just limp and you try to pick them up, but it can be tough. It is. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so so they 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 were uh, they were certainly uh, propelled with some uh, some belief there. I mean, it, you don't do that if you think that it, this is just a snake oil salesman. Yeah, not at all. <clears throat> it's a lot of work for nothing. Right. So they tear a hole in the roof and they let the Ashkala down, and you know who who's in the crowd here. Yeah, the Pharisees. Oh yeah, yeah, they're they're always showing up wherever Jesus is at. Right, and and uh, you know, the, and he starts out, and you know, you realize this is Christ. He knows what's going on here. He he knows all things, and um, you know, he he begins by saying your your sins are forgiven you, and you know that kind of lights a fire under the under the oh, Pharisees, yeah. doesn't it? Who can forgive sins but God? Right. You know they're. They're definitely, the, you know, it says their reason in their hearts here in, in Mark's account. Um, you know, that kind of perplexes them. And, and, you know, the whole thing is, you know, the, the Pharisees build this case about, you know, their whole problem with Jesus is, is that, uh, you know, he claims deity. Mm-hmm. And we see the beginnings of this. Right. You know, and Jesus rightfully claimed deity because he was God. Right. And, and, and you know, in all of their... All of the uh, the scriptures up until that point were all pointing to Christ, this deity, and they were the ones of the law. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they were so worried about you know counting out yeah. mustard seeds that they forgot about. Yeah. You they, know. They, they couldn't see it right in front of them. They couldn't see it right. In front of <clears throat> Go ahead. I'm I was say just to seal the just to seal the deal there. Um, you know, Christ uh, he. he Tells this man to get up and, and and walk, and he not only gets up, but he takes the bed that he was laying on, and and you know so that takes some physical, some more physical ability there, and and um, that that was uh, that should have been enough, you know, and it did. It says that many they were amazed, and I would hope that some of the Pharisees would have been amazed too. You know, have you ever been sick for a long period of time? I'm and I've only been sick for maybe a couple of days before mm-hmm. but you know if you lie around for two or three days and then you get up you're oh yeah you're not gonna pick up anything and walk around you're gonna be sore and this guy right. was like brand new right so this is not this is and, and we see in all of these accounts you know we we see the language that tells us the the account that this is not some kind of natural healing you know no. that this isn't something that you know, it's just the processes of the body, yeah. you know, healing this person. No, no, no. There there was something miraculous. Yeah. Know? Yeah, that's ungetoverable. And and everybody saw that because, you know, I, I like in, in the account you read of Luke where it said, you know, people were afraid. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, people were amazed. You know, it says uh, we never saw anything like this. Yeah, right. And even today, we've never actually seen a real miracle today. Right. Yeah, correct. You know, we have we have these accounts of the miracles that happened back at that time, but you know nobody nobody that's living has seen a miracle. Right, right. Well, one thing we can know from these Bible accounts is that they were real, mm-hmm. and everybody who saw them recognized that this was something out of the ordinary. Right. Yeah. The the, the people were 
uh, the multitude, they were filled with fear. They were shocked. You know, they they saw something that was contrary to nature. Yeah. And uh, that that is something that, uh, you know, as we look back on that and, and we say, well, certainly we would have been the same way. You know, we, we, we have the scriptures here in front of us to tell us all these things, and we don't want to be like the Pharisees and just and just gloss over those and say, well, that, yeah, that couldn't happen. That couldn't happen. Well, to wrap up here, let's talk about uh, Matthew being called. Okay. And um, I believe it's in what is, we've got a couple of scriptures here. Matthew 9, 9. You get that one. All righty. Uh, I got Mark 2, 13 and 14, and I'm there. All right, well, go ahead. This says, uh, then he went out again by the sea, and all the multitude came to him, and he taught them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he rose and followed him. All right, Matthew 9, 9 says, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Okay, and I think... Very similar language. Luke 5, let me see here. Of course, I've turned way too far. Luke 5, 27. It says, after these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he left all, rose up, and followed him. Mm -hmm. And, uh... The thing that I always remember about this is that, you know, that Matthew, when he knew the right thing, he he just he jumped up it. and did it. Yeah, he's in the middle of the work day, you know, yes. so to speak, and, and he uh, he just got up and left. And how, you know, how would that, imagine doing that, you know, if you, if you just got up from your, from your place of work and left and followed some guy. Yeah, and being a tax collector would... I mean, for one thing, it was looked down upon. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that briefly, right? But, you know, the, uh, you know, they were collecting taxes from Romans, you know. So a right. Jew that was doing that, well, his fellow Jews, they didn't right. look too kindly upon him, right? And uh, secondly, that was probably a pretty lucrative job. Mm -hmm. I think there was all, you know, I think the reason people, I think even today we hate taxes. Well, sure, <laughs> you know, and. and 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 thinking, I'm thinking of some of the the things that I've seen about people traveling. Sometimes I'll watch someone's video blo vlog or whatever of uh, of someone that travels the world. And the one thing that that happens all the time is that they'll come into a new a new country and they'll have to go through the customs and and everything. And depending on what country it is, sometimes the people aren't so honest and they try to shake down the travelers to get as much money out of them as they can. And undoubtedly, this probably happened yeah. from time to time, you know, there as well. Yeah. And and like you said, they weren't probably the most popular people in society. But we see Christ, you know, kind of choosing choosing yeah. people that are, you know, maybe that would be seen as outcasts. I think there's a, there's a lesson throughout here that, you know, sometimes we prejudge somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's... Um, color their skin, whether it's the clothes that they wear, right. whether it's the kind of car they drive, what what neighborhood they live in, right. what they do for a living. We, we, we prejudge people. And, uh, right, and, and, and that's, uh, that's just human nature. It is. And, and some of that, you know, some, some of that is good. You want to be able to look at situation and, and, 
and uh, make a make a judgment. Sometimes those snap judgments are the difference between danger <laughs> yeah, and life. Yeah. You know, in, in some situations. But when you're presented with information and proof that your presupposition was wrong, <laughs> then you've got to you got to change that idea. Yeah, and we all do this. And if yeah. you say you don't do it, you're a liar. Right. Because everybody does this. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. And um, you know. We, we often think of, at least, not we, but many people in the world think of those in, in the church as snooty, yeah. as uppity, as, well, I can't, you know, they, they don't want me in there with the likes of them, you know, and people, people say that, well, I'm too bad, I can't go to church, the place would burn down, people say things like that, and, and here we, we see from Christ's life that he spent his time, you know, seeking out those that that uh, that may have been down, yeah. downtrodden. I remember one night I was working late at work outside, and there were a group of black teenagers came through the parking lot, and they knocked over a, a sign and something else. And, I mean, I'm there by myself, and I was a little bit nervous, because I'm thinking, well, these kids could probably kick the crap out of an old, fat, white guy if they wanted to. But... You can't just keep doing, you can't do this. So I just ran after him and I said, hey, I said, why did you do that? And this one kid looks at me, he's like, I'm sorry. And he went back and picked everything up. <laughs> so, you know, we've we got to right. watch out how we, we, we react with other people. Right. So. Yeah. And then we, we have to uh, understand that, that every, every life has merit. It does. And, uh, and, and Christ knew that, and we should conduct ourselves uh, the same way. Um, so he, uh, you know, Matthew took off and, and went right, right away and followed the Lord. And there's a, there's a lesson in that for us as well. Yeah, yes. we, when we are confronted with the truth, when we are confronted with the Word, and we understand that those things that... Uh, take up the time in our lives uh, or are sinful, then it's we should do us. the same thing. And that's called repentance. Leave them behind. Right. right. Yeah. That's, that's what that's called. A new direction. All right. Well, that right. about wraps it up for yeah. today. Well, th thank you for joining in with us today. And uh, I hope you found it to be helpful. And we will uh, see you next time.